Asandra. Praise your wonderful name. Father, as we turn to your word, speak to us, guide us. Take away all distracting thoughts that might hinder us receiving from you, whatever they might be. Help us leave this place changed and transformed by your power. In Jesus' precious and wonderful name. Amen, everyone. Amen. You know, there's a petrol station. I think it's on the Leeds Road or could be some other road. It's on my way home. It's in Halifax anyway. Thanks, Rachel. And it used to be my go-to petrol station because it was on the way home. But every time I went to the petrol station, it was always out of fuel. You know, you pull in, there's a queue, and you, you kind of think, oh, go to another pump, and you go to another pump, a big yellow sign saying, out of order, or there's no fuel. And it used to sicken me because I used to wonder, how can such, I think it's a taxi course, I don't know, BP or something, big, big garage. What is it? Esso, Esso, that's a big company, that's a big deal, Esso, right? And I wondered, how come such a big company can have no fuel, or how can, how can they run out of fuel? And for me, that petrol station describes a lot of Christians today. They have all these vast resources that's available to them today in Christ, but more than not, a lot of Christians find themselves out of fuel. We find ourselves out of fuel. Do you find yourself out of fuel this morning? Do you find yourself unable and powerless to do the things that you know that God has called you to do? Well, if that's you this morning, I invite you to turn with me to Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3, where you discover how to connect with Jesus in such a way that his power flows through us. Mark chapter 3, verse 7. It says, and I stay with Mark 3. We're talking Mark 3 all the way through. So Mark 3, verse 7, it says, Jesus went out on the lake with his disciples, and a large crowd followed him. They came from all over Galilee, Judea, Jerusalem, and Dumia, from east of the river Jordan, even from as far north as Tyre and Sidon. The news about his miracles had spread far and wide, and vast numbers of people came to see him. Jesus instructed his disciples to have a boat ready so the crowd would not crush him. Verse 10, he had healed many people that day, so all the sick people eagerly pushed forward to touch him. It says there was a lot of people who crowded around Jesus that day, but they weren't interested in Jesus. They weren't interested in getting to know Jesus. They weren't interested how to find out who Jesus was and what Jesus was all about. They were only interested in what they could get from him. They only wanted to be healed of their diseases. Now, Jesus as the healer and as the miracle worker was very popular, but Jesus wasn't interested in popularity. It's not why he came. Look at verse 11. And whenever those possessed with evil spirits caught sight of him, the spirits would throw themselves to the ground in front of him, shrieking, you're the son of God. 
But Jesus sternly commanded the spirits not to reveal who he was. Again, these, these guys, these, these demons tried to control Jesus and to strip him of his power because they believed that by calling somebody by their true and rightful name would give them mastery over them. But Jesus didn't even allow them to continue to speak. He just commanded them to be quiet about the whole matter. His sovereign word, word rendered them powerless. Rendered them powerless. His word prevented them from popularizing his name. So you see, even though Jesus was attracting large crowds, we know that he didn't come to be popular. Because being popular would have been restrictive to his purpose. In Mark 10, 45, it says, He didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And even though the people were crowding him, they were crowding him for selfish reasons. And even though they were crowding him for selfish reasons, Jesus being Jesus, he cared for them anyway. He healed them anyway. And there's people who crowd Jesus today in modern 20, 21st century. Believe it or not, that Jesus as a healer and Jesus as a miracle worker is still popular, believe it or not. You know, in March 2009, this, this, this artist known as Vanderdong, I know, his mother must not like them. <laughs> Vanderdong, he decided that God needed a phone number. So he gave him a phone number, a mobile number, so that God could be reached anytime, anywhere. And in an interview, Vanderdong says, in days gone by, you would have had to go to a church to pray. Now all you got to do is dial a phone number and you can talk to God in your own modern way. And you know, within one week, a thousand people had left God a message. The only problem is when they call the number, you get a recorded message saying, this is the voice of God. I'm not able to speak to you at the moment. Please leave a message. Now, that doesn't exactly communicate to me the idea of a God who is available anytime or anywhere, does it? So I think the only thing that Dong managed to connect people to, to was, was to an altogether disconnected God. Nonsense. That's not like our Lord Jesus Christ at all. For even when we come to him with our selfish reasons, even when we crowd him, he still heals our hearts. He still casts out all of our sicknesses. See, Jesus cared for the crowd. But I want something more than that. I want something more than that. I'm not content just to have my needs met. I'm not. I'm not content just to meet with Jesus on a Sunday morning or feel good after I leave a worship service. I'm not content with that. I want Christ's power flowing through, flowing through me all week. Seven days a week. I want Christ's power to do God's will in my life and to fulfill God's calling in my life. Isn't that what you want? Come on, isn't that what you want? Then don't crowd Jesus. Don't crowd Jesus. Don't just, don't just come to Jesus when you've got a need. Don't just pressure him for our own selfish reasons. Because that's not where the real power is. Listen, that's not where the real power is. Instead, I implore you today to answer his call. Respond to his invitation. Commit yourself to his will for the rest of your lives. Look down to verse 13 
of Mark 3. It says, Afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain and called out the ones he wanted to go with him. And they came to him. Then he appointed 12 of them and called him his apostles. They were to accompany him, and he would send them out to preach, giving them authority to cast out demons. Guys, that's where the power is. Right there. That's where the power is. It's not in the crowd. The power's in the calling. Say calling. calling. See, the word for called in verse 13 implies, implies an urgent invitation to accept responsibilities for a particular task. Implying a new relationship to the one who does the calling. See, Jesus wants these 12 men to be more than just a part of an adorning crowd. He invites them into a special relationship with himself so that he might send them out to be special representatives in a world with his power and to make a difference. Now, I don't know about you, but that's what I want in my life. I don't want to go through the motions. I don't want to be a Sunday Christian. I want to be like these guys. I want to be like these guys. I'm not, I'm not content just to be a part of, a, of an adorning crowd. That's not me. I want a special relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that I may represent him well in a world that so desperately needs him. And if that's what you want this morning, whether you're in the church or whether you're watching online, if that's what you want this morning, then I urge you to answer his call on your life. Pastor, what's the call? Well, there's a few calls that all of us get. And the first one is the call to be with him. It's a call to be with him. You've got to respond to his invitation and get close to him. Not to the crowd, but to him. But to enjoy special intimacy with him. You see, when we get close to him, we can enjoy intimacy that the crowd crowd can't even imagine. That the crowd can't even comprehend when we get close to him. That means spending regular, unhurried times in his presence. Not talking about a two-minute read on a Sunday morning with a pastor. I'm talking about unhurried time spent in his presence. First priority, not like I've got 10 minutes before I go out. I've got 10 minutes before, before the movie starts. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about unhurried time in his presence. There's this, there's this area of Africa where Christianity was really spreading like wildfire. And these new believers were passionate. They were passionate about spending time with Jesus. So they'd go off and they'd find their, their, their own wee spot and then in the thicket and, 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 and wherever it was, they're, they're away out of the way somewhere. And there in that place, they would pour their hearts out to God. And after a while, their spot became worn down because they used to have to walk along the grass and, and go and find their wee spot. And after a while, their wee pathway became a proper path and their prayer life became public. So you'd have all these wee roads off and, and into people's prayer lives. What was good about that was whenever a person's prayer life was neglected, they would see the grass starting to grow over the retrial, and then they would lovingly go and encourage the people who were neglecting their spiritual time with Jesus. Guys, don't let the grass grow over your path. 
Do you hear me? Don't let the grass grow over your path. Get close to Jesus for as often and for as long as you possibly can. Open his word. When was the last time he opened his word? Open, it, open his word so we can listen and hear the voice of Almighty God talking to you. Oh, Pastor God's not talking to me. Open his word and he'll talk to you. I promise. Then talk about things that he puts on your heart. You know, sometimes when we go to God, we, we do all the talking and we're just talking about us, 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 about us, us, us. Try talking to him about the things that he's putting on your heart. Enjoy regular times with Jesus so that he can begin to make a difference in your life first. First, before you go and try and make a difference in somebody else's life. Spend time with him. Let him pour everything he's got into your heart. A new vision, a new hope, a new attitude towards Jesus. Something. Then afterwards, you're going to say with excitement, I'm his. Doesn't matter what they say about me, I'm his. Doesn't matter how much the world comes against me, I'm his. Doesn't matter if people don't like me because I'm his. Doesn't matter if people don't like what you're wearing or how you think or how you're his. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Answer Christ's call first to be with him. Then and only then will you be ready to serve. In his book, How Do You Obtain Fullness of Power? R.A. Torrey says this. This is profound. He says, we're too busy to pray, so we're too busy to have power. We have a great deal of activity, but we accomplish little. Many services, but few conversions. Much machinery, but few results. And Tory wrote that book over a hundred years ago. But it still describes so many Christians today. My friends, if we are too busy to spend time with the Lord Jesus, then we will find ourselves just going through the motions. See, this power that I'm talking about this morning doesn't come by doing more stuff for Jesus. It doesn't come by that. It doesn't come by, by serving Jesus more. It comes with time spent alone with the Lord Jesus Christ. So more than anything else in your life, you've got to answer Christ's call to be with him if we are ever to accomplish the things that we want to accomplish for him. Because after you, you, you accomplish that, then you can answer his call to preach. Then we can all answer his call to preach. Now, don't let that word preach scare you. You see, it scares a lot of people. That word preaching there isn't talking about pastors or evangelists or, 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 or preachers. It's not talking about that. The word preach in the Greek means to announce something. That's all it means. Don't be confused by the word preach. It just means to announce something. It's the same thing that the king's herald will do whenever they would go out onto the streets to announce a message from the king. They didn't have to come up with their own message. They just simply had to announce the king's message. And it's the same with our communication of the gospel. 
It's the same as with our communication of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't have to come up with our own message. All we got to do is to tell people what Jesus tells us to say. That's it. And it doesn't have to be with any great eloquence. I'm the least eloquent preacher I know. Amen, brother. I'm in the worst. It doesn't have to be with great eloquence, especially if it's time spent with Jesus. God, God doesn't need eloquence to reach people. He doesn't need fancy words and education to reach people. He just needs a voice, your voice, just your voice with a living, vital connection with him in prayer. That's all he needs. Somebody once wrote, he says, a friend of mine was caught in an elevator during a power failure. At first, there was momentary panic as all seven strangers talked at once. Then my friend remembered the tiny flashlight he had in his pocket. When he turned it on, the fear dissipated. And during the 45 minutes they were stuck in the, together in the elevator, they told jokes and laughed and even sang. The Bible says that we are that flashlight. Just as the flashlight draws power from its batteries, we draw power from Jesus. As light, we dissipate fear, we bring relief, and we lift spirits. We don't even have to be big to be effective. We just have to be on. And I thought, whoa, that's amazing. That's a sermon in itself. We just got to be connected to Jesus. And he does all the work through us. It's amazing. Everybody say amen. Type amen online. Encourage me, I'm Irish. If you want your life to count for something, anything, you got to answer the call to be with Jesus. And you got to answer the call to preach. And finally, you with me so far? We've got to answer Christ's call to receive power. To respond to his invitation to accept his ability and authority to drive out demons and to overcome the forces of darkness in this world. You see, when we spend time with Jesus, we not only speak his words, but we exercise his power. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead. I read a story a while ago. The pastor was talking about his daughter. And she goes to him and she says, she says, Daddy, when I graduate college, or when I graduate high school, sorry, I don't think God wants me to go to college just yet. He wants me to go to the mission field to work in a medical hospital in Haiti. And her dad says he wasn't too sure about his daughter moving 3,000 miles away to the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, which is also AIDS-infested and controlled by the voodoo religion. But he respected her wishes and supported her decision. He says one of the hardest things he ever did in his life was to put his daughter onto that plane and watch that plane leave the ground, not knowing if he would ever see or speak to her again. Then one night he gets an email from his daughter. This is what she wrote. She says, Dad, tonight has been the most remarkable night of my life. I got called to this hut to deliver a baby. Dad, I've only delivered one baby, and that was with somebody. I've never done this by myself. But I was the only one around. They called me, and I get to this hut, and there's this naked, screaming lady lying on a dirty floor. 
and I got a flashlight. And I'm thinking, here I am, 18 years old, in a hut in a third world country with a naked, screaming, pregnant lady lying on the floor. I've got a flashlight and I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm here. To make matters worse, this lady from the voodoo religion walked into the hut, dressed in her red and blue voodoo garb, and she began to chant some voodoo incantation in Creole. She put on some kind of oil on the lady's head, and then when she started to walk away from me and the woman, she stopped at the woman's belly, put some other salve on there, and walked in the opposite direction, all the while chanting this Creole spell. I didn't know what to do, Daddy. She stood at the head of this woman and stared a hole straight through me. When I was getting ready to deliver this baby, I looked back at her and I started singing. I knew she didn't understand English, but I just started singing. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with power. That song there. Jody said that when she sang that song, the voodoo lady became completely unhinged and unglued. She grabbed all of her stuff and ran into the hut. Jody wrote, that night I knew that that baby was going to be born with the blessing of God and not the curse of Satan. Guys, who knows what that little baby was going to grow into? I mean, what? That story blows my mind. That little baby grew up and touched somebody in Jesus' name. All because of one little courageous girl who said, okay to God. Who says, okay, God, I'm going to put my life in your hands. You take care of me. Because I want to make a difference. Do you want to make a difference in the world that we live in? Come on online. Do you want to make us make a difference in the world that we live in? Sometimes uh, uh, it means the, the, the world in our circle of influence. Then you've got to be like this young lady and put your life in Christ's hands. Get close to him. Let him use you for his glory. Answer the call to be with him. Then you'll be answered the call to, to, to preach and then to have power over spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. It's not about coming to church on Sunday. As awesome as it is to gather together in the name of Jesus and to talk to each other and to sing and to worship and to hear. It's not just about this. What are you doing the other six days a week? And maybe you're saying, well, pastor, I can't do that kind of stuff. I'm inadequate. I don't, I don't have what it takes to do what you're talking about. Do you know what? You're right. And neither do I. None of us. None of us have what it takes to serve the Lord Jesus. But that doesn't matter to Jesus. Because Jesus doesn't, he doesn't call the qualified. He, he qualifies the called. Do you hear me? He doesn't, he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Just look at his disciples. Complete mess. In Mark 13, we see the 12, he, he appointed Simon. He gave Simon the name Peter, who means rock. Peter was no rock at that time. He's a pain in the butt. He had foot and mouth disease. He was all over the place with his relationship and walk with the Lord Jesus and his commitment all over the show. But Christ saw potential in him. And he turned him into the rock, a solid spokesman for the kingdom of Almighty God. 
Then they got James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. He gave them the name Bohangers, which means sons of thunder. These guys were mental. These guys had severe anger problems. They're always ready to call down fire from heaven and kick people out and, and fight for top positions. Later, John. <laughs> so good to have you back, Pat. Later, John became known as the Apostle of Love. But he certainly didn't start off with that reputation. And the rest are no better. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas who betray him. Now in that group, you got Matthew. Matthew was a despised, hated tax collector who cheated people out of their money and cheated even his own people. He comes with Simon the Zealot. Now that means he was part of a group of religious extremists that was organized to overthrow Rome even by force. So I think it would be very interesting to know how Simon the Zealot responded when he first met Matthew, a former employee of Rome. There would have been fireworks. Fireworks. Kind of like West Yorkshire. What's the other one? No? All right. <laughs> Epic feel there. You think you're, you're not qualified? You think you're not qualified? Let me tell you, these 12 guys were less qualified than any person sitting in this room. These 12 guys were less qualified than any person watching me online this morning. But Jesus doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. And he wants to qualify you, and he wants to qualify me as his special representatives in this world. And all we got to do is answer his call. Just answer his call to be with him. Answer is called to preach. Answer is called to have, to have power. Then we'll begin the process of becoming everything that he wants us to be. Listen to the voice of God calling you this morning. He's saying, come, be with me. Come and be with me so that I can send you out to preach and to, to have power and to, to drive out sickness and disease. Are you going to respond to his call today? Or are you going to leave this building the same way as what you were when you came in? I wonder what everybody just bow their heads for me. Well, your kids can't get out. Lock them in. Just bow your heads for me. It would be so good to be able to call people forward and lay hands on, on you. And I tell you, and in a month or two, I'm going to do that whether they tell me I can't or not. <laughs> maybe you're here this morning, or maybe you're online this morning. And after hearing the message, you've realized, hey, I am just going through the motions. I am going through the motions. I don't pray all week. I don't pray with the kids all week. I don't read the Bible all week. I don't do anything spiritual with the kids or with the family. Maybe, maybe that's you this morning and you're thinking, I can't go on like this. If you're here this morning and you want to open up yourself to a brand new experience of the power of the Holy Ghost and you want to say, do you know what, Jesus? I've kind of been away for a while. Yes, I still love you, but I've kind of been neglecting you for a while. But I'm here this morning and, and you've touched my heart and, 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 and I want to do more. I want to be better, Lord. 
If that's you this morning, just put up your hand. I'll see it. I'll ask you to put it down again. God bless you. I see your hand. I see your hand at the back as well. Go up there. You can put them down again. If you're online and that's you, let us know in the comments. Don't be worried about what other people think. They may not have the courage that you have this morning to say yes to Jesus. You can be more than what you are right now. You could be more than what you are right now. Let me pray for you, Father. We pray for those who have had the courage to raise their hands this morning, the courage to respond online this morning, to say that they're not in the place where they're supposed to be. And today I ask you, Holy Spirit, come upon them right now where they're sitting or where they're lying or wherever they are. Fill them with a Holy Ghost. Help them to reconnect with that calling, that calling to get closer to you. That calling to preach your word. That calling to receive the power that you have so freely made available to each and every one of us. Father, speak to them today. Anoint them this morning. Fill them and let them leave this place more equipped and more on fire than they've ever been before to serve you. King of kings and Lord of all lords. Father, oh God, Jesus, let's stand to your feet.